If you've ever felt really alone in your life, today's gospel is for you. If you've ever been depressed or scared or hopeless, today's story is for you. I think for a lot of people, they read the story of the transfiguration and they see that Jesus is glittering on a mountaintop and they are awed by his power. And that's okay. Jesus is God and it does physically show in today's story. But today's story is not about sparkle or getting the warm and fuzzies from our creator. Today is about being introduced to the real God, not the one we have created in our minds, the one that grants wishes and swoops in to save us from anything bad. I think that the Pharisees were so bothered by Jesus, not so much because they found him to be irreverent and offensive. Surely there were other people who were irreverent and offensive during that time. But I think that he bothered them because he didn't look like what they expected him to look like. The Jewish people had been waiting their whole life for their Messiah. And they envisioned that when this Messiah would come, he would come into the world and rescue them from their lives. They believed that there would be no more pain. They believed that the kingdom of heaven would be easy to spot. But then Jesus shows up, and people are saying that he is the Messiah, and yet they have not been rescued. Their darkest fears still remain. There is hunger and sickness and suffering, and they're mad. The Messiah that they had been waiting for has arrived, and he's not what they expected. I think that we as Christians do the exact same thing. We expect that if we say our prayers are generally decent people, that God will not let bad things happen to us. And yet, sometimes we find ourselves alone at night, completely unable to sleep because we feel so lonely because there is still so much to worry about, and because while we know that there is a God, and we know that God is good, we sometimes can't quite grasp that string that connects us to our Creator. And so we begin to doubt that good, real God. I remember when I was in seminary, I was in a bit of a dark place, The church was beginning to feel constrictive, and I was becoming disillusioned. There was a good bit of nastiness going on in the church, particularly regarding the treatment of my gay brothers and sisters. And so I called my bishop, who's now my father-in-law. He wasn't at the time. (laughs) But I said to him, I don't want to be a priest in your church anymore. He said, that's fine if that's what you want to do. But I hope you don't, because I think there are some gifts you can give the church, but beyond that, I think that there are some gifts the church could give you. And if you walk away from your call right now, there is the chance that you will create God in your own image and worship yourself. 
needless to say, that always stuck with me. It stuck with me because it's true. It's like Voltaire says, if God created us in his image, we have returned the compliment. And I have to tell you, I don't actually want a God like me. I am not who I need in the middle of the night when my son spikes a fever and I begin to imagine what the world would be like without him. Yet in the absence of a tangible God, we have done what the Israelites did in the desert and created a golden God to worship. We have, in our insecurity and our fear, begun to image God as we want him to be. And that is dangerous ground for our souls. Because the truth is, God is even more powerful than we can imagine, and our own ideas are too limited, and they leave us alone all at night. But today's gospel lets us in on the truth behind Jesus Christ. Jesus exists in the darkness. He did not come to rescue us from our lives. He came to show us how to fully live into our lives. I wish, since God is good, that he would cure my brother of schizophrenia and give me assurance that my children will be okay. But that's not why the Messiah came into the world. He is much more powerful than that, and he will get to that in the end. But there are steps between now and eternal life. And that's the place where Jesus exists. So today is the day we read about the transfiguration of Jesus. The day that Peter and James and John go up the mountain and they witness Jesus sparkling like a vampire in twilight. That's how I imagine it. (laughs) I don't know about you. Scripture says he was transfigured before him, that his clothes were so white that not even Clorox bleach could touch it. And it's a weird moment in the gospel. Jesus, sparkling like diamonds, standing around, talking to his dead friends, Moses and Elijah. And we don't get to hear what they're talking about. And Jesus doesn't use the moment to explain something or point to the kingdom of heaven All we get is this supernatural scene that's happening in front of the disciples, and they're described as being terrified. I would be too if my best friend was lighting up and talking to dead people. And Jesus' only response to his terrified followers is, don't tell anyone what you've seen. And they were probably like, deal, because this is weird, right? In any case, the central theme of this gospel is one of fear and confusion. For whatever reason, witnessing Jesus in his glory and being told who he actually is does not evoke wonder or overwhelming love. It does not evoke relief or comfort. It evokes bone-chilling terror. Today's story means that God is going to speak directly to us, and our first response is going to be, no, 
no, I don't believe that that's how it's supposed to be. One of my favorite priests, Richard Rohr, he says, the first half of our life is spent creating the container, the structure of ego and false self that keeps us safe and secure and successful in our world. But at some point, we realize that there is more to life, that we're missing out on the contents. It seems that being willing to let go of the image we have worked so hard to create of ourselves and being willing to let go of our idea of how things should be will lead us to the truth of who God created us to be. And this emptying will also make some room for us to truly grasp the greatness of God. So when we feel unsafe and we let that lack of security tempt us to hold on to our own ideas about God, those ideas will fail us when we come up against darkness in the world. Because that God simply doesn't exist The one we really need is too hard to connect to because we are afraid to let go of what we've always known in order to see the divine. But it's okay, because today's gospel coaches us through this introduction to the real Jesus by giving us some clues about how to handle coming face to face with the divine. The first is that the two people who are on the mountain with Jesus are the two people in the Old Testament who also witnessed God on a mountain. That's not a coincidence. They are there because they have seen God face to face, and they know how to handle it. When Moses went up to Mount Sinai, Scripture tells us that there was thunder and lightning says there was a thick cloud covering the sky, meaning it was dark. It says it was loud, and the people shook with fear. This is how meeting God is described, in the dark, where fear reigns supreme. And the same was true for Elijah. Elijah meets God on Mount Horeb, and Scripture tells us that there was a great wind that split the mountains. And after the wind came an earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. And after the fire, it says deafening silence. Once again, to come face to face with the real God, we must go into the places that are scariest the most unsafe. Peter, James, and John meet Jesus on the mountain today, and they witness him in his true form, in all his glory. They discover that being the Messiah is not about bringing the light, but meeting us in the dark. They discover that they will never be alone in the middle of the night again. On this Transfiguration Sunday, we are invited to transfigure the way that we imagine God. Yes, God is good. Yes, God weeps when we weep, and yes, God wants us to be safe. But there is so much more than that. 
Barbara Brown Taylor, in her most recent book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, she wrote, I have learned things in the dark that I could never have learned in the light, things that have saved my life over and over again, so that there is really only one logical conclusion. I need darkness as much as I need light. I learned that day, talking to my bishop, that running from the things that make me uncomfortable does not banish those things from my life. Rather, staying in the dark and feeling hopeless and depressed and scared is where Jesus met me. It's where I rested in his arms and was told, I'm here, we'll do this together. Essentially, I learned that God was not ever going to save me from going into the dark. It was there, in the dark, that I would be connected with him. So today's gospel is bizarre. It's otherworldly. It's cloaked in mystery, and we are tempted to throw it on the pile that's called, well, God's just mysterious. But today's story is powerful. Today's story invites us to participate with God in his mysteries. Today's gospel informs us that God is not going to shield us from the bad things. God is going to meet us there. Amen.